Age to Practice, applying educational reading in the classroom. Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of education research in the classroom. Each episode features a conversation with a different guest, teachers, authors and others interested in education, talking about what the phrase from page to practice means to them and the importance of applying evidence to classroom practice. Hi, and welcome to Series 5, Episode 26 of From Page to Practice, and the last episode that I plan to produce. It's been a real pleasure bringing you this new version of the podcast, and I've really enjoyed the 26 different conversations that I've had. In fact, since the beginning, there have been 87 episodes and close to 75,000 downloads, which I could never have expected. As the start of the Christmas holidays arrives, it marks a year since I left teaching myself, and so I think it's about time I set aside the mic and headphones and left it up to those of you who do the job day in and day out. I'm still working in education, and teaching and learning will always be a passion for me. I just think maybe it's time to explore that in other ways. If you're interested, I'll be on a live recording of the Kate Languages podcast on the 7th of January, talking about my experiences of leaving the classroom, and you can sign up for that on Eventbrite. For now, the back catalogue of the podcast will remain, but I think if I don't pay to renew in September 2024, then it will disappear. So consider this your nine-month warning, I guess. The concept of from page to practice will always be important to me, and I'm looking forward to whatever form that may take in future. Thanks again for listening and enjoy this final episode today with Liam about being a school governor. Hi and welcome to From Page to Practice. Today I'm talking to Liam and uh, Liam, could you introduce yourself please? Hi, yes, I'm Liam Anderson. I am a secondary design and technology head of department and I've also uh, fairly recently become a school governor as well, which I'm hoping to talk about and share today. Fantastic. And before we move on to that, then, what does the phrase from page to practice mean to you? I think for me, it's about um, thinking about how things work in reality. And I think a big part of that is about trying things out. I think often when we look at research or or evidence based practice, um, it's about how it works in, in your context. So a big part of it for me is about uh, trying things out, seeing how things work. Um, and really it's about you know improving what we do and, and continually getting better so that's kind of what um, pace of practice means to me. Great thanks. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag page practice podcast. So yeah you've alluded to already this middle section today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, being a school governor so I guess the first logical question is what drew you to to being a governor how did you end up there? Um, so initially I had I've kind of been thinking about school governance for, for a while it's something that I was quite interested in for my own CPD and I'd seen locally to me it was actually my primary school I went to as a child had some some vacancies open up um I, I applied um thought I'd give it a go um I found it quite daunting at first um 
thinking about you know taking on a, on a, such a responsibility in a big role like that but I was kind of ready to, to kind of step into it and, and have a go um so yeah I applied um went into the school um I've kind of knew it from from when I was a kid but it's kind of changed quite a bit um met the head teacher the chair of governors um and and immediately you know got really excited about the opportunities that could open up that they talked to me about you know being part of the, the school community being able to give back and make a difference um but also the the professional development opportunities that it would open up to me um you know obviously being a practicing teacher I could take back to my school and also you know benefit what we do in our school and our, our children as well so that was kind of for me the big draw around being able to give back to the community and particularly a school that um you know is quite close to my heart going there you know as a child but also um being able to develop as a, as a practitioner and as a leader um some of the things I could learn from from being a school governor. Fantastic so before we delve into the kind of chunkier stuff I just want to go back to a really really small point which is for those people listening who are thinking about doing it when you say you had to apply what kind of process was that was it long short compare it to a teacher application and how long those take how would you describe that yeah so um, I think it kind of varies depending on how you apply and where you might apply so I applied uh, applied directly to the school so I'd seen they'd had vacancies on their website uh, they'd invited people who were interested to um, express an interest so I'd sent in my CV and a kind of brief covering letter a brief covering note um, so it wasn't a hugely um, uh, lengthy application but I think the more important part was then actually when I got to go in and meet with the chair of governors and the head teacher that was kind of where there was more discussion around the role and being able to ask questions find out more about what it might involve um, and then when you are then uh, attending your first uh, governor meeting it would then be that the, the board um, kind of considers you as a, as a governor and, and kind of your experience your backgrounds and then you would be voted onto the board um, I know there are some organisations so there's some really great uh, organisations out there like Inspiring Governance who um, support with vacancies and, and recruiting people so it might be that you apply through a, a system like that um, so there's various ways, but, you know, I, I think it's um, probably, like I said, the most important bit is being able to go into school, speak to the child governor's staff, head teacher, um, getting to know the school. And that's probably the most important part of the, the application process, I would say, but isn't particularly lengthy. Um, it's about you getting to know the school, what the role is going to be, um, and also thinking about whether you're going to fit with not only that school, but what also you can bring to the board in terms of your skills and experience. Great. So I think what we'll try and do is explore a little bit about what it is to be a governor, what you're getting from it, that kind of thing. Maybe a bit about, you know, what what's the benefit for them of you coming from an education background and that kind of thing and, um, and go a bit further from there, I think. So uh, I think a basic question, what is it? What do you get from it? What do you, yeah, what do you get from being a governor? Yeah, so I think um, going back to what I said earlier, I think it's twofold for me. First of all, yeah, being able to give back. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, working in education, we're about, you know, improving outcomes for, for children, giving them the best life chances, best experiences. 
And for me, I, I kind of find it really exciting that I can be involved in a different education setting. So I obviously teach in secondary, um, being able to be a governor in primary is very different. And I find that really exciting to be able to be involved with that community and be able to give something back and then, you know, improve the, you know, the experiences of, of all of those children in that primary school. Um the, the other part of it, as I mentioned earlier as well, is also about that, I think, professional development opportunity. Um, and, you know, being a governor already, I've learned so much around leadership, around um, operational, strategic uh, leadership in schools, around developing vision. Um, so there's loads of elements that I've been able to develop as, as part of my leadership. Um, and, and as I mentioned, bring back to my school setting. So as a, as a day-to-day head of department, there's elements of my practice I've been able to reflect on and develop as part of that governor role um but also I think you know as an aspiring leader if if, you know there were teachers in schools who who are aiming to become middle leaders senior leaders um head teachers in future um I think it's a great opportunity to to really have almost a kind of 360 view of school life quite often you know teachers kind of you know don't necessarily see all the decision making and the processes behind you know how a school operates but governance gives you a really good insight into how all of those things work um, and you know really can benefit you as, as a leader and um, particularly if you're aspiring to um, a senior leadership or headship in future. Absolutely I think and uh, you might have some examples of this, that it can push you out of your comfort zone. And I guess this depends on the school and the size of the board, but the, the size of the board that I've joined is very small. And so I've been given link responsibility for English. So that's, for me, that's not my subject area. It's not something I knew a huge amount about. And I've been able to really get stuck in with that. But it does also put you in a, a different position when you go in for a monitoring visit and you have to go, no, I've got my governor head on here, not my teacher head on and that that is different would you say there's situations that that do put you out of your comfort zone somewhat oh definitely and 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 as I think I said earlier you know first joining the the uh, governing board it was quite daunting that yeah suddenly you've kind of got this responsibility um and I initially was was linked with curriculum so I worked with the school around developing curriculum and, and kind of going in and looking at what they do well, recently I've moved over to health and safety, so that was completely new to me. Um, being a DNT teacher, I kind of had some knowledge, but all of the different aspects that as a governor you need to look at and, and think about um, is quite big. So, um, yeah, there's definitely things in there that can be daunting, but I think it's a really great learning opportunity and actually it's good to kind of push you out of your comfort zone and you learn so much from um, you know, having that that wider perspective. Um, I was just going to pick up on um, Andy Buck's Leadership Matters book. Um, I remember reading a section in there and he talks about how, uh, as governors, it's good to have that, that range of skills that bring something extra to the school and that can support that strategic vision. So, you know, if everyone was from an education background or everyone had the same perspective, um, it, you know, it would be pretty difficult to, um, you know, challenge and, and bring new ideas, but actually having that range of skills, range of backgrounds um, can, can be really beneficial. So if I think about on my boards, there are uh, currently three uh, people who have education backgrounds. Um, we've got a couple of people who work in business and finance. Um, we've got an ex-head teacher 
Um, we've had somebody who's worked in um, social care. So all of those different perspectives also really help you that actually if there are elements where actually you are not sure, there's so much experience on the board where you can ask questions, get support and learn from. So I think that really helps as well with those moments where you might be unsure, you know, um, you know, might need to ask questions or need support. Actually, it's a collective team that, that support each other with that school governance. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I feel like within the first few meetings I'd been to, I already had a kind of a view on all sorts of areas of school life that I hadn't done during my own day-to-day role because suddenly I was in and I had the, the head teacher talking to us very honestly about everything that was going on and and where they needed support and what was happening and suddenly you'd gone from knowing your own subject area or even your own area of whole school responsibility to suddenly you had you know all the things that you'd never thought about, like what happens when the caretaker's off sick and and all of those kinds of things. Um, So I thought that was quite quite eye-opening. Absolutely. Um, And just going back again to to, uh, Leadership Matters book that I was mentioning, um, again, Andy Bucks talks about in there about really getting to know your schools. And a big part of it is, like you said, getting to know kind of the ins and outs, what the community is about, what the values are of the school. Um, Although you're not involved in the operational elements, being able to understand how the school operates and how that works is really important for as governors being able to set that strategic direction. Um, And yeah, going back to that section I mentioned about Andy Buck, he talks about um, being able to ask questions and challenge um, as well as recognise and celebrate success. And a big part of that is really knowing that school and that community. Um, So like you said, really getting to know the ins and outs is a really important part of governance um, to be able to really fulfil the the role, but also make sure that... um, actually the, the school moves forward and you're able to, you know, make um, the, the school the very best that it can be for everyone in that community. Yeah, I think from a, from a teacher's perspective on things, it gives you a different appreciation for when governors do come into school. And for some schools, that's more often than others. But when they do come in and then maybe they visit your department for the day and you're showing that person what you're doing and the kinds of questions they're asking, it gives you an appreciation of where those questions come from. Because we're so used to hearing questions from other people from an education background. And I can sit in a governor's meeting and go, oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. And I don't think anyone from an education background would have put it that way. So I think from a teacher's perspective, it's giving you something that you can take back to your school as well, do you think? I agree, definitely. And I think um, that's a really important point that, yeah, it's, you know, as a, as a teacher, it gives you that that different perspective, something you can take back. And I, I think like you mentioned as well, also, you know, not everyone on the governing board is from education and um, you know, be able to have those different views and perspectives on different elements of operational strategic um, leadership is really important. And, um, you know, being able to ask questions and then think about how things are done is a really important governance, a really important part of governance, well, probably the most important part, I'd say. Um, so actually, it's about partly being able to, isn't it, ask good questions and think about the information you've got in front of you, whether that is um, data, whether that is uh, going in and visiting a school, whether that is speaking to staff or the head teacher. It's about being able to analyse, ask questions. Um, as part of that support and challenge um, that you you do as part of, of governance. 
Yeah, and different people will be able to ask different questions, won't they? So I think it's appreciated by the school or by the head or by the chair of governors because you know, the chair of governors could be someone from education background. They could be a parent governor. They could be someone from a completely different background. And you can have a totally different range of knowledge to to them. So sometimes having that balance of people from education who can go, yeah, I understand where you're coming from because I've seen this in XYZ schools before and I think this, that and the other. And also having those people on the outside going, hang on a minute, what are you talking about? That shouldn't be the case. And quite often you then go yeah well that's what happens in schools and they're in the position to say well it shouldn't be and what are we doing about it so that that balance is is really important certainly yeah and um i'm going to go back to another bit of reading i did um by barnaby lennon who wrote successful schools in england so his book about um the, the most successful schools and what makes them super successful um and the section he talks around about governance the fact that there needs to be that that positive relationship between the board and school leaders um to enable that robust and constructive challenge and and like you just said being able to ask questions and not be afraid to ask questions you know sometimes there might be things you don't understand or you want to find more out about um and you know the part of that positive relationship going into schools finding out asking those questions um you know showing an interest getting to know the community all of those things form that positive relationship that that barnaby lennon talks about as a really key factor with with school governance on a practical level, how do you find balancing it with your own workload and timings? Because again, this depends on every school, doesn't it? And I, I, I looked between two different schools, and one, all their meetings were at a certain day and time that didn't really work for me. And where I've ended up is great, but they have their meetings quite early on. Now I don't work in school anymore, and, and where I do work. I can take volunteer hours to go and do that. So it's fine for me. But what if uh, the school you're a governor at starts their meetings at half past three and that's not workable for you? How how does that work? Yeah, I think that's probably um, part of, like you said, about maybe finding the right setting for you because, like, again, you know, schools work in different ways in terms of how they run their governor meetings. So the school that I'm in, I'm, I'm quite lucky. They start theirs usually around five o'clock. Um, so we usually meet uh, about six times a year um, for, for formal governor meetings. They are usually on a Monday, start around five, end about seven. Um, so I'm, I'm quite lucky that I'm able to obviously do my day job um, uh, in school and then be able to, to go to that later. But I know other governor board meetings sometimes in other schools might start earlier or might be at different times. So I suppose part of that is, yeah, finding a school where those arrangements might work for you. Um, obviously beyond those governor meetings there are expectations that you're involved with the school community whether that's going in to visit um, going in to speak to the head teacher or staff about different elements of school life um, and that's probably where it's more flexible so you know if you have a link role so I mentioned earlier I started off as, as linked with curriculum when I first became a governor um, so as part of that, there was the expectation that I was supporting the school, challenging the school with that element. And as part of that, I would go in and, and speak to senior leaders, do learning walks, go around the school. Um, and those were more flexible so I could kind of build that around time that I had. They weren't necessarily set in stone. And, you know, if you, you speak to the school 
um, you know, it can probably be arranged that they're flexible with that. So sometimes I would do those during the day if I could come out of school to do that. Um, sometimes it might be later in the afternoon or evening. Um, so I think that's again goes back to building that that positive relationship and being able to be flexible. Obviously, ideally, it's good to always see a school in um you know full swing during the day when the the children are in um so you get a real sense of school life but um i think yeah that's that's part of that relationship being able to find that time and being flexible and and, and working with the school um i i think schools are pretty good with that from my experience being able to accommodate um when i've got time i think that's that's kind of been okay good in my experience yeah and something you said there we used to talked about going in and, and visiting especially for curriculum and you mentioned learning walks and it made me think about something I mentioned earlier actually about having on the, the right hat having on not the teacher hat anymore but the governor hat because and I'll let you elaborate on this a bit more but you you have to go in with a different viewpoint don't you you don't go in and go I'm looking at the minute detail of everything those teachers are doing but I went in recently with the lead for English and what I wanted to know was actually that he knew what was going on and 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 he could tell me where the strengths and weaknesses were rather than spotting them myself and it is a hard separation to go hang on a minute no I'm not here as a teacher or someone with any knowledge of education I'm here from that strategic point of view Absolutely, I agree. And um, I think I remember I'm trying to think where I read this one or heard this one. I've been a blog post possibly about governance, about um, I, I might have got this one. Hopefully I've got the wording right. And um, the governance is, uh, governance is almost like um, not being on the dance floor, but on a balcony looking down onto the dance floor. So you're not involved, like you said, in what's happening, but you're having a strategic overview and oversight of what's happening. Um, and it goes back to like we were talking about earlier about being able to ask the right questions, thinking about, um, you know, not like you said, the minute details, the operational things, but that oversight of how things are working, the direction that things are going in um, and, and being able to ask those questions and, and um, see how things are working in practice. Um Again, I'm just going to go back to, to Barnaby Lennon's book. Um, he talks about this idea that, that we just talked about there, the idea that this, the danger of governors becoming too involved in the, the management of the school. Um, and actually it isn't about management, it's about leadership and it's about that strategic oversight. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, When I've gone into schools before, it's about not being involved, like you said, in the detail of, I think we should do this or I think you should do that. But it's more about why are you doing that or have you considered this? Um, that, that more strategic overview, definitely. Um, and I think also, um, you know, it, it can be quite difficult with some of those elements because um, if I think about the, the, the role that I've taken more recently, health and safety, um, some of those things is a kind of performer a checklist that, that I had most recently that I had to go through with the school. And some of those things are sometimes more um, checking on some of those operational things. And sometimes there might be more things that you're having to check that schools are doing and maybe give them some, some pointers about what to do. But predominantly it is about that strategic oversight of, of what's going on and being able to ask questions um, and, and find out what's going on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that strategic versus operational can be the first kind of hurdle to get over, but it's a really important one. And in terms of, you know, you've been referring to that leadership book, in terms of a lesson in leadership, that's that's a really good one to go, I need to take a step back now and this is how I view it. I liked the dance floor analogy, whether or not you got it completely right from the blog, I don't care, I liked it, understood it. <laughs> so what would you say... I can't, I'm not sure if we kind of covered this or not, but I'll ask it anyway. What would you say is the, the most difficult thing um, about the role that you found so far? Um, I think probably, this, I'd say there's two elements to this. So I'd say one thing's very specific. So first of all, I would say a big part of governance is about um, financial accountability. So a big part of being a governor is about um, oversight of um, finances and about budget um, and there can be quite a lot of detail to that. Um, I um, am not the best mathematician in the world, um, but um, there can sometimes be, you know, lots of data, lots of information, lots of numbers. Um, so finance is a big part of governance, and you've got to be able to understand what's going on. Now, I don't think, and I've kind of quickly learned this, that I don't necessarily need to know every number on that spreadsheet but what I do need to have an understanding of is how that money's being spent is it being spent wisely are there things that could be changed or saved in some way so again that goes back to having that that kind of oversight of that so I think for me one of the difficult things has been the the finance side because there's a lot of detail to it it can take quite a lot of time to go through that information and really understand the picture of what's going on with that and, and like I mentioned that is a big part of of governance that finance size um I think the other thing that that I kind of quickly learned that that can be challenging and this maybe goes back to the time thing is about really understanding the school and the context I think when I first became a governor, I did find it more challenging to sometimes ask questions and sometimes probe into things more because I maybe didn't understand the context that it was being discussed in or I maybe didn't quite understand the background. Maybe if it was an item, a gender item that had come around from a, a previous meeting. Um, so I think a really important part is being able to understand the uh, school and the community and what it's about. Um I remember a kind of big turning point for me with that was um, governors were once invited in not too long after I, I joined actually to be involved in developing the school's vision and values. So there was a group of governors, the head teacher, some staff, some parents who came together and, and kind of discussed, you know, what is the makeup of the school like? Um, what what are the, the the families, the the children like that come to our school? What's our wider community like? Um, and we had a really nice discussion about all of those things. What do we see as important um, in education? Um, what are we trying to achieve as a school? So really going back to those bare bones about the community and the school and, and what we're trying to achieve. And I think for me, that was a really big moment where I actually thought I can really understand from a parent's perspective, from staff's perspective, what it is that we're trying to do and achieve specific to this school that I'm in. And um, also, as I mentioned earlier, you know, going in to do things like school visits, um, being able to understand how the school works, you know, day to day, operationally in action, all of those things to help uh, do help build a really clear picture of um, school life. And then actually when it comes to asking those questions 
um, being able to discuss what's going on, um, you've got a much clearer understanding of that school and that community. So, um, yeah, I would say two two things that can be challenging and difficult, and I found that difficult at first, budget, because um, there's lots to it, lots of detail, and also, um, as I said, around making sure you really know the school, because actually if you don't really know the context of what's going on, that can be then challenging to fill your role of, you know, asking questions, challenging, supporting um, so that's a really important element. Sounds like that was really good timing to to get to have a session like that fairly early on, because otherwise, yeah, you do you do hear a limited amount of points of view, don't you? You hear the head teacher's point of view very loud and clear, very strong, because they're the one with you in the room the whole time. If you've got staff governors, which you'd hope you have, but it's not always the case that there's someone willing to do it. But if you've got staff governors, you hope you hear them because they've been elected for a reason that hopefully their voice is heard. Um but other than those people in the room, you might not hear very much unless you've gone in and you've made that effort to speak to lots of different people. You don't get to hear, you know, what the school means to everybody and what that school culture is like. So I think that's a, yeah, well-timed uh, attendance at that session, but it's really important. Certainly, yeah, yeah. So I think I know the answer to this, given the, the kind of nature of the whole conversation, but would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned so much from it. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, working with children day to day in the job that I do, um, I find it incredibly rewarding anyway, seeing, you know, young people be able to achieve success, um, you know, achievements. We have every week the head teacher that will send out a uh, news bulletin about all of the great things that are going on in school and particularly when you know when you've been involved with the, with the school and you know supporting them with their direction and then seeing you know those achievements success that the school is um, getting and that you know the pupils are achieving you know that's that's great to see that rewards um, but as I mentioned earlier you know professionally I feel like I've learned so much since starting in the role I started in February 2021 um, so coming up for two years now that I've been in the role, um, as I mentioned, I've kind of worked on curriculum, which was amazing. And being a head of department, that's a big part of what I do in my day to day job. So having, again, that that kind of oversight about the decisions at a kind of senior leadership level about curriculum was really good to have um, discussions on and then reflect on that within my own curriculum in my school. Um, as I mentioned, I'm moving to health and safety. That's a thing that um, initially I was quite daunted by because it was completely new, but I'm, I'm quite excited to to kind of learn more around that. Um, and also um, across the two years I've become a governor, I've had been really lucky to also be elected to vice chair of governors, which I've taken on um, in the past few months, which is a really exciting opportunity. Um, and also... I've been involved with uh, both head teacher interviews. So um, there was a uh, vacancy that obviously come up for a head teacher. Um, as, as a governor, I was invited to be on the head teacher appointment panel. Um, so that was, a, again, a brilliant learning curve to um, understand the, the kind of process to that, but also, you know, really get into finding somebody who's going to be right for that school and really help to drive the school forward. So that's a really exciting time um, to, to be involved in that and then support a new head coming in as well. Um, and also most recently with with uh, head teacher being involved in also the head teacher's performance management um, panel. 
Um, again, brilliant opportunity to, to kind of understand how to, you know, support um, that, that new head teacher with taking the school forward um, and also some of those um, details around, you know, school performance. And again, there was lots there around data and around driving performance. So that was also a really interesting element that perhaps, you know, in my day to day role, I wouldn't usually um, be involved with. So, yeah, definitely lots and lots of learning. Um, and obviously being in education, lots that I can take back to my own school and, you know, benefit my own um, students that I'm working with as well. Yeah, you've made me reflect on it as it's kind of a, it's a very good behind the scenes look at how everything happens and, and those kind of things that as a teacher, <clears throat> you don't necessarily get to see or hear very much about. So behind the scenes look, but also a bit of a crash course in how things work because suddenly it's you're thrown in and here's this meeting's agenda and here's all the various items that are that are on it that are from very different backgrounds and well, let's let's go and get on with it. So and I think that's all all really positive. Was there anything else that you were hoping to talk about today that we haven't had a chance to to discuss? I think maybe the only last thing I would say is, you know, if 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 there's uh, if you know if you're interested in governance but maybe not sure, um, I'd say definitely, you know, have a, have a look at the school. Just go and speak to, um, you know, the head teacher, other governors. Um, go and find out, um, you know, what, what's involved and go and have a look at the school if you're interested, because as I say, I think there's so much that you can benefit from it and so much that you can give back doing that role. You know, it is a, a voluntary role. Um, you do, you know, have to give time to do it, but actually there's so much reward for, um, you know, the, the school community that you're able to give to them, um, but also professionally, I think there's so much that you can learn as well. So, um, you know, if you are interested in governance, I'd, I'd definitely recommend, you know, at least go and sit, kind of have a look at schools, find out more about what's involved. Um, and I'm sure that you can probably find an exciting opportunity through school governance. Oh, and there are schools absolutely crying out for that support with boards that aren't quite up to, to numbers and all the rest of it. There's there's schools everywhere who would really appreciate another pair of hands, another brain on it, no matter the angle you're from. But for the audience of this particular podcast, you know, your education background will be appreciated, I'm sure. Definitely. I agree. I agree. So before we move on to the final section uh, of the podcast, um, if anybody wants to talk to you a little bit about this or just generally see what you're up to, is there a good way of them contacting you? Yeah, so you can contact me on Twitter or X as it's called nowadays at Liam T. Anderson. And um, that's probably the best way to get me. That's my kind of my professional teacher account. So yeah, find me through that. Drop me a message. I'm more than happy to chat perfect and i don't think we're ever going to stop saying twitter or x as it's now called because nobody wants to call it that do they <laughs> every without fail every episode i say and how can people contact you or it's twitter or, or should i say x <laughs> sign up to receive the from page to practice weekly newsletter to read tips and advice from my guests as well as information on upcoming episodes find the link in the show notes for this episode so final round. Now, this doesn't have to be um, all governance related if, if 
that's not the the steer you've got of it. That's not a problem at all. Uh, but it wouldn't be right for the final episode that I'm recording to go by without uh, getting the CPD library round in. So there's a list of uh, categories here, and I'd just like something that comes to mind for you. It might be a book, article, blog, person, whatever. Is that all right? Yeah, perfect. All right. Great. So the first one is first got you into evidence-informed practice. Um, I'm going to say teaching walkthroughs. So that was one that I came across during lockdown. Um, and ever since, I've kind of loved the teaching walkthrough series. Great one. Uh, and resonated with you the most? I think I'll go for that one, Successful Schools in England, that I was talking about in the podcast. Um, that was probably actually one of the earliest books I read as a teacher um after I qualified and that one had lots of kind of interesting perspectives and you know insights of different schools that perhaps I hadn't considered before so yeah that one I think and uh challenge your views um again I'm going to go for the one that I mentioned the podcast leadership matters for that one um I I suppose you know being a, a leader in school perhaps hadn't fully considered you know all of the elements there are to being a good and successful leader and actually it's a pretty complex role isn't it being a leader um so I would say that one definitely challenged my views great and uh where I'm up to had the biggest impact on practice um i'm gonna go for rose and shine's principles in action for that one um again that was one that i'd kind of come across during lockdown and um i think that one really took me back to the the kind of basics of teaching and and really made me reflect on um my practice so that one i would say yeah and uh should be required reading for and then either an early career teacher or a training teacher Oh, um, I'm going to say for that one, the I've got a pile of books next to me that I'm looking through as a, as a prompt. <laughs> I'm going to say for that one, I'm going to choose The Learning Rainforest. Um, that one, I think, is a really nice book for um, early career teachers, trainee teachers that kind of goes through um all of the kind of key elements of, of really developing quality teaching practice with lots of practical examples as well that you can kind of use um in your classroom so i'm going to go with that one yeah learning rainforest and then inspired you um inspired me i'm going to go with this one's a very specific one to design and technology my subject i'm going to go with debates in dnt um, there was a version of that came out quite recently and there's lots of um, topics in there around diversity, inclusion, um, around um, gender. I think that one um, has, has been really um, good with making me think differently around my subject and what I do. Great. It's always nice to have a subject specific one there, especially when you're out of 26 episodes. I think only the second DT teacher I've spoken to. So that's, really that's good to include. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, where I'm up to most recent. Um, most recent curriculum by Ruth Ashby. Now, I'm still kind of part way through that. I'm kind of dipping in and out. But um, yeah, doing lots of curriculum work at the moment. That one's quite a handy um, go-to book I would say yeah and next on the to be read list or pile or whatever you want to call it oh next on there um 
Ooh. I'm going to go with, because it's the first one that's popped into my mind, and I've got it fresh on my desk in school, is the uh, third edition of Walkthroughs. We've just had that um, presented to us as staff, brand new book for this year. So that one's still untouched on my desk at the moment. So I'll dive into that one next, probably. That's nice. We've kind of topped and tailed it there. The first uh-huh, got you into yeah. it was walkthroughs <laughs> and next is walkthroughs as well. Um, so the last one that people have taken all sorts of different ways is doesn't exist, but should. So a book that maybe you think would have been really useful for you and it was just never there or an area you're really interested in and you can't find a book that brings it all together or, well, however you really want to, to take the category, doesn't exist, but should. I'm going to say for that one, um, maybe something around the early career framework so something for early career teachers maybe both for early career teachers and also mentors or induction tutors so I've been a a mentor for the past two years I've recently taken up the role of induction tutor um so maybe something specifically around that um and about yeah how you effectively mentor how you become a successful ECT um I think something like that would would be really good Great. Well, that's just highlighted how many hats you're wearing then. If you're vice chair or the governors and your head of department and induction tutor, you're not doing much all at once there, are you? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been really good to speak to you. And and in that case, even more valuable that you've given up the best part of 40 minutes of your Tuesday evening. Um, So thank you very much. And um, yeah, bye. It's been brilliant to talk. Thank you. Are you interested in evidence-informed practice? Do you have a favourite edgy book? Have an idea of what great CPD is and should be? Or to just generally have a chat about education? Please sign up to join me for a conversation. I rely on volunteers from all contexts and levels of experience. Visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash page practice podcast for the sign up form. You've been listening to From Page to Practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag page practice podcast. Thanks go to Kevin McLeod of Incomtech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons.